Welcome to Random Rewards, the one and only, the beautiful, the most exciting and most fun gamification show. Welcome everyone to Random Rewards. We are back in town and we are the podcast where we discuss how to make business more fun with gamification. And together with my co-host Chris, we are here again. Chris, how are you doing? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm very good. I'm Sabrina. And what are we going to do today, Chris? Well, how it works is we open by discussing a game, deconstruct how the game motivates users, and then brainstorm how to solve a random business problem. Today, we're going to be talking about Words with Friends. Words with Friends words 2, with friends. actually. Woo-hoo. And the two, I think, is the really important thing. Two is the very important thing. <laughs> it, it is. Upgrade. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, how can people reach us, Sabrina? People can reach us at randomrewards at octasisgroup.com and can send us any wishes for any games that they were playing. And yeah, it would be great to for us to work with those games and play those games and do a podcast. Yeah, it's fun to deconstruct all types of games. And I, for one, really like playing new, different, weird games and seeing Mm. just how many different kinds of games there are. I haven't played Words with Friends in probably like seven years or something. Yeah, right. When it first came out, I guess. Yeah, when it first came out, it was like so novel and exciting to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's it's been a while. And they've made some changes. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that in a second. Um, Should we talk about what Words with Friends is? Yeah, I think we can do a quick overview for the people who haven't actually played it. So Words with Games basically does one simple thing, which is building words together with your friends, as the game actually (laughs) says. So you put different letters together. You can do letter combinations. And uh, it's kind of like Scrabble, but online. And you play it with your friends. Yeah, that's basically like if someone were to ask me, like, what is Words with Friends? It's Scrabble, it's online, and it's asynchronous. So what that means is uh, you take a turn, and then the other person doesn't even have to be online. They just get notified, Mm -hmm. and then they take a turn, and you're just playing over time. So Mm -hmm. that makes it more uh, engineered for the, you know, generation of people who can't be bothered to have, like, concurrent conversations they just text each other and then i'll get that text later i'll respond to that Mm. when i feel like it did you personally think that is a positive aspect of the game or did it interrupt your gameplay um when i first started playing i really liked that it was kind of like you just did it every now and then it was a nice thing that you could periodically check in on um this time since we were playing it for the podcast it was rough because, you know, uh, if you want to keep playing, there's only so many options. You have to essentially play with random people or like hit up your friends that you haven't talked to in a while. And you're like, hey, I know we haven't actually had a conversation, but you want to play words with friends with me um, <laughs> or play the bot, which is weird, too. So what about you? What was your experience? I actually got really annoyed about waiting for <laughs> for my friend to actually write another word so 
I played with the bot and with the bot, I found it much more engaging actually. Yeah. But I, I'm really bad. So the bots are actually quite hard. Like some of them are super intelligent. They put yeah. words together that are like six syllables long and you're like, yeah. okay, <laughs> great. Like, I have, I have hi or end or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, they're putting, they're stringing like all their letters. And you're like, how is that possible? You can't do Mm-mm. all the letters. I'm like, am I so unlucky drawing the the wrong letters? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does make you feel like why, like especially when you get all consonants or all vowels, you're like, I can't do it's anything. So hard. Like, what are you going to do with like six, <laughs> six vowels? Like, <laughs> Yeah. It's impossible. <laughs> yeah, the word canoe, that's what you're going to do cuz canoe is like a o e. Um yeah. So yeah, it was it was it was a mixed bag playing. Um do we want to talk about like what didn't work about the app first before we get into core drives? Should we do core drives first? Yeah, I think we can talk a little bit about like what didn't work and then go into the core drives. Okay. I think that's a good Good way. So, so I think, so this is an app made by Zynga, which is good to know because, you know, in the uh, Octalysis framework of which we use for deconstructing games and also building businesses that are very engaging, we talk a lot about black hat design and, and mm-hmm. Zynga uses a lot of black hat design. Um, they're, the king they're, the black king. Hat design. <laughs> they're the king of black hat design. of black hat design. And we'll talk a little bit Bringing more about Bringing people that. back later uh, but what essentially how it comes across in this game is it feels like it's just super gamified but not in a good way like it's like a million features it's it's it that's why i say worlds with friends 2 is what's important because they went with the whole sequel idea of let's just make it bigger and more features and more things more shiny mm. things to look at and more stuff in the ui and yeah I found it really distracting. What, what about you? Yeah, so they have these amazing loot boxes, right? <laughs> and I'm really confused about them, to be honest. I got these loot boxes and I'm opening them, but there's not really anything there. Like, I cannot use them. Like, it's useless. They're useless. And this just shows that but just putting some game elements into an experience and making it, try to make it more fun it doesn't work right so if also if we work with a client we don't just put like a, a game mechanic and slap it onto the experience and think now people are more engaged or give them some rewards that have no meaning right it doesn't work right it needs to be meaningful it needs to have some sort of impact in your decisions in the game or in how you can play the game for example boosters boost an activity that you're doing and unfortunately that's not happening in words of friends yeah in in fact it's the opposite is happening it's all the gamified elements are they they disrupt what should be a really really engaging experience like um um i guess we can jump into core drives now Mm, so so Scrabble, like of which, of which this is a major, um, you know, similarly similar game, 
has a core drive three empowerment of creativity and feedback. And that has heavy strap. That means, you know, the players playing it because they're intrinsically enjoying it. People play, you know, most like long lasting games have this core drive heavily in it. So, so Scrabble is about, you know, the strategy of moving the different words around and you're also competing, but and so that should, that should be enough. That should make you engaged enough. And the gamification elements that they add to this actually get in the way of that intrinsic design. Yeah, it's called like, it's basically the CD2, CD4. So uh, yeah. development accomplishment is CD2 and yeah. then ownership and possession, CD4 elements that yeah. they slap on the experience yeah. versus the intrinsic elements that are, mostly quarter F3, uh, so empowerment of creativity and feedback, right. and quarter F5, social influence and relatedness. Right. So that feeling of you want to like battle with your friends, you want to beat your friends as well. <laughs> right. And a little bit of quarter F7, unpredictability and curiosity, like what are the next words? What letters are you going to get? What are you going to form? Um, right, right. What is What are they going to play? And like, how can mm, you... Exactly like sort of account for what they can and can't do. Like you're like, yeah. oh no, I hope they don't have an X and they put it there because they're going to get a triple word yeah. score. And and from research, right, we know that uh, extrinsic motivation can kill the intrinsic motivation that people already have. So this is a danger in this game yeah. that actually it, it can create uh, less engagement <laughs> because yeah. they used those those loot boxes and random random rewards that, yeah yeah um, <laughs> but in a bad way <laughs> in, in a bad, bad way <laughs> bad, bad random rewards yeah yeah hashtag bad random rewards <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah like like they have so there's this progress bar and you're getting levels, but it's like, why? Like, what do the levels do? I don't know. Like, do you level up? Do you mm -hmm. get something? It doesn't tell you what you get until you mm -hmm. get it. And then when you do, it's like, you unlocked a book. See rewards. Like, cool. Like, what okay. is this book for? Like, Can am I, I read a book or? in the app? Or I don't think yeah. so. Do I just, does it just sit? Do in I have a library? Board? Like, Do I have a library? <laughs> why do I have these things? Like, Can I, I write a book? <laughs> am I learning words? Like, one of the... You were talking about boosters earlier. And one of the things that, that Scrabble already had, so it's not like Words with Friends is really doing anything really exceptional. It's just getting in the way of an already exceptional game. So mm -hmm. Scrabble has power-ups, right? Um, and, and these boosters, boosters are uh, items essentially that empower desired actions. And so in this game, the desired action is to continue to play the game, is to put down words is to get new letters, et cetera. So, yep. um, and is to win, right? Is to, is to get the most points. And each, each word or, or each letter has a different point value. And so there's these tiles on the board that are power-ups. So you can get like a triple letter power-up. And so if you mm. put a high, like some of the, the harder letters to place in a word, like an X is worth, I think, 10 versus like... Yep. Um, an E, which is worth one. So, and that, that is just the relative amount of like difficulty of making words with those letters. Mm -hmm. So, so if you get an X on a triple word or a triple letter uh, score tile, then you'll get 
instead of 10, you'll get 30 points for that, right? And that's really cool. And the booster design in this is really awesome. And so if, if there were additional boosters that you got if you leveled up, like, for example, it gave you access to a, a bunch of words that, you know, it, it gave you hints of, like, what the word could be, like, what words you could use mm. with the, the letters that you have. Like, yeah. that could be cool. That could, That'd be much cooler. Stoked to level up. But right mm -hmm. now, there's no meaning. So it's just like, great, yeah. you did it. It's like a participation badge. So, or participation achievement. Yeah, I wonder if you, because we're not so high level, I yeah. wonder if there would be a booster, for example, to exchange your letters to, because there's the feature that you can exchange letters, yeah. but actually it costs you a whole round. Yeah. So it would be nice to exchange those a little bit like in... in um, other puzzle games where you can just, you know, um, exchange your puzzle pieces, basically. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think that would be making it way more diverse in mm -hmm. the, the way you play it. Yeah. And, but I'm not sure if that is happening in the future. Like if you played for a few, few weeks, for example, if you yeah. collect enough loot boxes, but even if that would be the case, actually in the onboarding, yeah. dangling these features would be yeah. quite important. There was so no onboarding at all. It just threw you into the experience. Actually, I have no clue how it works. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know how it works either. The UI was so cluttered that it was hard for me to know what screen I was supposed to be on to figure out what game to play. Like mm. where, how to even play the game. Cause there's like mm. reward screen. There's your active yeah. things. There's your challenge, a new person. Like there's, there's so much going on that it's like not clear what the actual desired actions are mm. on the page. I actually nope. thought I could form multiple words in one go with all the letters that I had. And it took mm. me about 30 minutes to realize what I did wrong because I just tried and tried and tried. I'm like, why can I not click like accept or okay or whatever yeah. the like button yeah. in the middle? Then I was so frustrated. I'm like, I'm not going to play again. I'm going to stop playing. I don't want to play. And I, I was like, okay, we need to do this for this podcast. So I'm going to continue <laughs> trying. <laughs> you had, had meta motivation, right? Of like yeah, it's, it's, core drive five of I have to do this for the podcast. I do it for the people that listen to our podcast and yeah, for exactly. you, Chris. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> not for myself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, another one is Core Drive Six. Uh, we didn't cover that uh, scarcity mm. and impatience. Yeah. Um, that's pretty big in this game. One because you have to wait to play for the wait for the other player to play. So you're you're wanting to play more. And to their credit, they do give you a pretty easy ability to play with random people or with your Facebook friends. And so mm -hmm. that desire to um, play now, to play more, means that you start new games, which means ultimately you're going to play like much longer than you would have if you could play immediately. So mm -hmm. that's a good job with that. And, uh, and then you also have uh, feedback mechanics like your tiles remaining. So you know how many tiles are left um, and, and so some, you know, in the beginning you feel maybe like an abundance of tiles, like, oh, I could get any letter, but then when you have 10 left and, and the other player has 20 more points than you do, then you start feeling really mm -hmm. stressed. You feel that black hat closing in on you. 
So. Totally. Yeah, I think that was a good description. Yeah. And I think we can go to the next section. What yes. do you think, Chris? Yeah, that sounds that sounds great. So, so we're not just here to trash talk Zynga and Words with Friends. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do, um, and what we do with clients, is we take elements in games and we apply them in non-game context to make them more engaging. And so, what we're going to do now is take a random business, and we're going to essentially deconstruct, use the core drives uh, that work well in Words with Friends 2 and apply them to make that business more engaging. Correct. Do yes. we have a, a bag with little post-its that we can make <laughs> <laughs> a business out of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so... Virtual yes. sh shuffle. <laughs> So what we're going to do is online learning. Online learning. And that's actually a really important topic these days because yes. a lot of people are actually learning online or trying to school yeah. online or put their businesses online. So I think that's a great, yeah. great starting point. So when we say online learning, uh, we mean something like Coursera, Udemy, something like that, like a platform. Um, that facilitates online learning through virtual courses. So, Correct. so it's a, some kind of, it's an education platform and uh, here are the business metrics. And so if you don't know, the business metrics are, these are the objectives that the business needs to hit to be successful, to maximize. So in this order, we're going to try to maximize revenue, courses completed and weekly active users. So let's just talk about that oh, for a second. Right. So the it's important in this case, revenue is up top. That sounds fine. You know, the business wants to make as much money as possible. Um, and it's a good, good call that courses completed would be second. And the reason why is because in the uh, online learning industry, the amount of courses that are completed is like dismally low. Like the amount, people just do not complete courses. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, I don't know, at one point it was like 90% or something. It was like so, so low, people completed. So if you had weekly active users that was being more important than courses completed, you could have all kinds of engaging features, but then you wouldn't have people completing the courses. And so yeah. they wouldn't be getting the benefit or the value. And so they would probably not come back or, or start yeah. to feel like, you know, this wasn't worth their money. Actually, like a lot of times in online learning, people start like multiple courses and that kind of, I mean, it might work for people who are used to learning online and have their own schedule But for a lot of people, it's just distracting and they can't focus on one thing. And then in the end, they end up not finishing any course. Like you said, the completion rate is really low. Exactly. So while revenue is, is up top, uh, courses completed, we'd recommend being second in this case. Um, and then weekly active users being below that. Weekly is a good metric as opposed to daily or monthly because generally speaking, most courses are, are on a week-to-week -week basis. So... 
There might also be certain businesses that would say, okay, we'd rather have people come in daily, but for mm-hmm. shorter amount, shorter amount of time, so maybe for 10 minutes each day or 20 minutes each day. That's right. also a possibility. But here with this example, we take weekly yeah. active users. Yeah. So for weekly active users, we're looking at users who are coming in maybe once, twice a week, taking you know a course that's 20 minutes to an hour, a few lessons, something like that, and then doing some kind of activity. So in general, just to, just to tell you, we are, what we're doing here is a very, very shortened version of what we do with our clients and what, with what we call the strategy dashboard. Yeah, and we actually have a client bit degree that we worked for, which is in the uh, e-learning area. So there we actually took a whole day to do this, uh, the whole strategy dashboard. Right. And even after that, they needed to go back and work on it and we needed to go back and work on it. So yeah. things take a lot more time than what we yeah. portray it in this podcast. <laughs> this is like the lightning round of the work we do, basically. It's exactly. an ultra, ultra fast version. So, so moving on, those are our business metrics. And so... But we need to know who we are trying to motivate. And so our player types here are uh, people who are trying to build skills for their careers. So they're, they're career-oriented and also hobbyists. So people who just want to learn something new for the fun of it. And those two people are kind of like sit on opposite ends of the spectrum. The skill, the career builders are very en- extrinsically motivated they want to achieve something, want to like move up in their career. They want to make money. Um, and they're scared of not having the right credentials. Um, mm-hmm. On the other hand, hobbyists are like very, very intrinsic. They want to achieve, but they want to do it for the enjoyment of it and, uh, and, for the, and to uh, pique their curiosity to, or to satisfy their curiosity. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good distinction. No. There might be certain people that are both, right? People that actually intrinsically enjoy their jobs. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's crazy talk. <laughs> but yeah, either usually it's either to to improve the career or to just have fun with your hobby. Yeah. Um, and so we're what we're going to do uh, is brainstorm some features. I will, but before that, we need to know what the features are causing people to do. So we need to kind of define the desired actions. In this case, um, again, we would do a much larger list if this was an actual client. Um, but just a few things are you would want them to go to the website somehow, uh, browse through some courses, try a course, uh, watch a video, complete an assignment, and give feedback to peers. So those are those are that's sort of the main what we call activity loop. And basically all those desired actions then lead to what we would brainstorm about in the features. So based on on the desired actions go to the website what could make people moti- motivated to actually go to the website? What well, can we use as feedback mechanics and what yeah. can we use as rewards for that? <laughs> well, I'll tell you what we shouldn't do, meaningless loot boxes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
You yeah. get a loot box if you go to the website. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. For with a book and you don't know what the book does or how you, what you do with it. Um, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm joking, but this is something that is actually a key mistake that a lot of people make is mm-hmm. they, if they, like if a client came to us and said, I love words with friends too. Can you make this, this, can you make our platform more like words with friends too? What they might think we would do is take some pieces of words. Yeah. Give them, give us some words. If we go to the website, please. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We would just slap the game mechanics right on the experience without like trying to change anything. So, um, yeah, we'd have like loot boxes, like random stuff would happen. Um, you would take turns maybe like you, you, you know, you would like do your class, uh, or, or you would learn a little bit and then you would wait for the teacher to, to tell you the next piece, like after a certain amount of time, or you would give feedback to your peer and then you would wait and then you would try to look for other new, uh, peers to give feedback to. I mean, actually that sounds all right, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I think Udemy or Coursera, I always forget which one is doing something like that, that they actually give you feedback. Mm -hmm. Like in the courses, you have your peers that give you feedback. So this is actually something that might work if you implement it the the correct way. And if it's obviously connected to the desired action, here it would be because it's giving feedback to peers is one of the main desired actions. So that that actually works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. My bad examples, my hashtag bad <laughs> random rewards were, were not bad enough. <laughs> it would make it really difficult to get around the website or know what you should do. <laughs> if, the, if the user just wanted to learn, they would, they would be confused <laughs> about where to find out how to learn that. They would just be surrounded by shining, flashing lights. Anyway, I've made my distaste so, for Words with Friends too known well enough. <laughs> so how would you, for example, then use that Core Drive 5 in a better way to, if we're thinking about those desired actions? Yeah. So, and this, this is what we do. We essentially take the Core Drives and we start brainstorming features based on those. We have lots of um, game techniques that were already created from that, such as for Core Drive 5, we have things like group quests or, or social norming. Um, but it's uh, it's not great to just, you know, take game mechanics and just slap them on the experience. And so um, what I do is think about, well, what, what do people care about in learning with people in the first place? right? Feedback is important. Um, but does that really motivate you? Are you motivated to, to get feedback from your peers? Like, would you take mm-hmm. an action, like watch a video just to get feedback or complete an assignment just to get feedback? I don't think that's a strong enough motivation. So I think there are, you know, more things that we could do to I think- I think one thing, though, which we need to keep in mind, though, is it can be very motivating to feel not like you're alone taking a course. Definitely. So always seeing that you're doing the course with your peer yeah. is it's quite an important quarter five, so social influence and relatedness, 
Yeah. And here we can see the inf social influence, right? Yeah. Um, that part of the experience. So you just gave me an idea. It, you can imagine, you can, oh, okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm like really What's excited about this idea. <laughs> um, so, so in the same way that you have the asynchronous play, you could have asynchronous uh, social feedback. So for example, say you're watching your te a teacher do a pre-recorded video, but you have the ability to say things in time, right? Or like press different buttons and say like, awesome, or wow, I never thought about that or something like that. These like pre-recorded kind of emoji, but also words. And then with the people who are in your group, when you watch that same video, you would see other people's reactions in time. So, mm. so you would see like their comments like happening over the teacher and that kind of stuff. That might be kind of disruptive, but it also might make it really fun. And you could like turn those things on and off if you wanted. Actually, there is a um, video streaming service that I use. Yeah, that has that that has that feedback mechanic, and I sometimes just watch it for the, for yeah, the right? comments of the people <laughs> because they're so funny. Yeah. So that is like one of the things that I, I, I really appreciate with learning. I think we, yeah, we need to be careful that it's not a distracting thing. Yeah. Because if it just pops up as like the comments from your peers, then it yeah. might be something that is, that is more distracting than anything else. Right. Well, that's why they would be like pre, pre-made, right? So, mm. so you could have to pick from a list of already approved <laughs> reactions. It's a little less creative, <laughs> but it also stops it from being as distracting. Mm. And it can even be like um, some success messages if you do certain actions that actually come from your peers, like sort of personalized success mm -hmm. messages, right? Mm -hmm. Like your like your peer Chris just sent you a happy learning face yeah what, <laughs> whatever you call it what if you got a success message from your peers but only after you finish watching the video so you watch the video yeah, exactly and, and and it exactly. says like finish watching the video like <clears throat> your peer sabrina left you as a, a message finish watching mm -hmm. the video to see what it is yeah, that would be much more meaningful than uh, so just a random loot box with a <laughs> of a book. Loot boxes are getting book. so much hate right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. Okay, so so that's a cool core drive five feature. Um, but a big thing with with um, words with friends is core drive three. Mm, and definitely, this one's difficult because core drive three. Uh, it in some ways is one of the hardest to design. It's hard to design something that's intrinsically enjoyable, which is why even like 90% of games fail to get the audience that they want because just a game isn't fun by itself. You have to like finally balance the mechanics. Mm -hmm. But that being said, if we could just come up with a feature off the top of our head that would that would satisfy that, what would it be? I think quarter of three is a, a hard one when it comes to learning experiences on online mm -hmm. because you need to be strategic with yeah. how you how you actually right. experience yeah mm. so it was interesting one of our 
one of our colleagues, Albertine, posted about doodling. Or was that you posting about doodling? No, it was Albertine. It was Albertine. I just reposted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Post about how doodling actually like helps you with memory encoding. So, or was I the one? I now I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> oh my god, now I'm confused too. Uh, anyway, somebody posted it. So, so it's basically a scientific article talking about how doodling is good, like, and and it makes all of us doodlers feel better because we knew we were doodling that whole time. Um, it would be interesting if maybe you could share your doodles with your classmates, but you could only do it after your your uh, your homework was finished. Mm. Because and you're the gonna... doodles, yeah, and doodles could have like certain things. Maybe you can even make it a little bit more strategic and yeah. say, okay, the doodles need to have the topic that is in yeah. the class visible <laughs> yeah. somehow in some <laughs> shape or form. Yeah. So it's not just a random, you know, like just scribbles. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That might yeah. even help others to learn. Yeah, exactly. What if you just had a doodle pad open next to the to the video and you were able to kind of like mess around with different visual stuff um, that was engaging while you were listening? I mean, I think a big thing here, um, and this kind of goes to like more personalization, is that there's seven different intelligences. And most schooling only really accounts for like either like logical science so that's one or verbal linguistic and those are the only two for the people who are kinesthetic kinesthetically inclined um those people are just screwed like they just uh you know mm. those people failed class because they couldn't pay attention because nothing was like physically engaging them so yeah. another way to think about this is you know there could be prompts about like um, if you're a kinesthetic learner, like get up and dance, you know, get up and, mm -hmm. and move your body around while you're watching the video. Yeah. And the cool thing with e-learning is you can actually do it and nobody cares. And right? Nobody cares. Nobody's going to watch you. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. I think sometimes we need to jump over our own shadows of like how we actually learn and how we per proceed um, yeah. information. Yeah. You strike yeah. me as being like a musical person. Mm -mm. yeah but like for me like I always needed to scribble in class I went to yeah. art school so yeah. I needed to do something like I needed to to scribble some my teacher saying something for example yeah. and yeah. pretty much I think 90% of the people in my class would scribble actually yeah. and it was totally like a normal thing but I think if you go to like a um, science degree class or something yeah. like that people would probably like be what is she doing? Is she, <laughs> well, scribbling she in art school, scribbling in art school is like the desired action, right? Like is doing, making <laughs> art. So, so well, people would be like, good job. It depends on the professor. A lot of professors actually didn't like it. So yeah, but we still did it. Yeah. And so, so a large part of core drive five is not just other people, but it's just feeling relatedness going back to core mm. five social influence and relatedness it's feeling like you're connected to it and i think it's more important than ever because in online learning there is so much less inherent connection to it you're not in the place with the people um mm. and i think that's one of the things that online learning hasn't really cracked it feels very like distant yes. and cold 
And you can easily get distracted because you're trying to focus like on a screen, not a person. Right. So, yeah, totally. So especially that's if the biggest it's, challenge. Yeah. Especially if it's a class that you're taking alone, like yeah. Udemy or Coursera, I think those yeah. classes usually feel like you're taking them just by yourself. Mm-hmm. And just like we discussed earlier, just having the feeling that other people are taking it with you, yeah. maybe even have certain features in the in the uh, in the platform that simulate yeah. a classroom, yeah. that simulate that you're actually together having class, like maybe with little videos or like little icons that you have in the course. Like when you're online, you can see the little icon of you. Mm -hmm. That, that makes it much more fun and much more engaging. You feeling that, that in that social influence, that that relatedness to other people. Um, I think there's also a great example there. I saw a video of a guy actually playing, uh, playing a game and teaching inside the game, teaching mm-hmm. maths inside the game. Hmm. That, that's a really creative way of, of teaching as well. Yeah. I was thinking for, for Core Drive, more Core Drive 5, um, you could, what, what Words with Friends does is it, is it matches you up with other people who are of a similar level, um, mm-hmm. which is kind of like fuzzily defined. But you could have like a profile in these in in this platform, and that profile could match you up with other people, and mm-hmm. then you could like facilitate conversations where you could compare notes with those people and just like feel like you're totally. not going through it alone. Yeah, and the great thing is also that you can already have one common interest, right? It's not just mm-hmm. random people that have right. like totally different interests that don't care about anything that you are crush you. In crush you at words with friends actually, they don't want to just crush you with words. <laughs> like you do chris with no, me i got crushed by by a random person i immediately rematched them and then i got crushed again i was like oh my god i thought i was a wordsmith anyway i digress but, yeah. That, yeah that's how i feel you're crushing yeah. me every single time we have like six games going on and he's like better in all of them i don't know i don't know why you started six games <laughs> at the same time i was bored <laughs> I way too long gotcha okay okay yeah, yeah so how I, could I we have so no patience how could we employ core drive six scarcity and patience in in online learning so I think there is already a little bit of quarter of six in the sense of like that um, there's a scarcity of time usually yeah. that you can spend on a course. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have, maybe you have a, a month to finish the course because you have like a monthly budget that you spend for the course. Right. Sometimes there is also the limit of um, how many times you you can do the core like how many times you can do the um the lecture maybe yeah i think we need to be very careful with those though that they don't get get too black hat and feel like you're out of control so i wouldn't suggest making something super scarce in like its own experience like the intrinsic experience could actually suffer from it so it might be better to have certain reward schemes if you have them 
So mm-hmm. for example, when you're working with your friends, together with your friends, yeah. you have a limit of how many loot boxes that your friends can send to you. Like those, yeah. those uh, cheering words that you can send from your, from your friends to your friends. Right. They might Sca- be limited per day. Maybe you can limit, like, limit it to, to one for level one, and then level two, you have two, level three, you have three. So it gradually gets, gets more until you're in what we call the end game, which is like when the yeah. user reaches mastery. I, I agree with you. I think that in this case, uh, too much scarcity would get in the way of taking the desired actions. Mm. It sometimes helps, like if you know, like, okay, I don't have a whole year to do this course, I actually need to finish it. Yeah. Like next week, I actually have a deadline, for example, for a course. Yeah. I, I actually need to do this lecture. What I found quite useful actually is if you do it in real time with other friends, yeah. you automatically have the deadlines together right. with your friends. So it's quarter five leading yeah. to quarter six. Yeah. So this is a more intrinsic way of, of actually having some, some scarcity yeah, I like core drive five leading core drive six um, in that sense, because you could just have like you could say of your friend group, this many people have finished this lesson or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so now it feels like, oh, exactly. I want to keep up with them. Yeah, um, exactly. This is like how they um, it's the game technique called appointment dynamics, which where you have to set an event happens at a certain point in time and you have to be there for to to get the rewards of that event. Um, I'm thinking like how people watch TV right now. Like mm-hmm. there's kind of two different models of watching TV. There's Netflix binge model where people just watch whatever as much as they want as soon as it comes out. But they're finding that that actually doesn't create engagement as much as the appointment model of TV, which mm-hmm. is what it was before. Um, and now more more places are simulating that by just releasing their content every week every week and so mm-hmm. it creates a longer conversation where then people feel like oh i have to watch the most recent one and actually yeah. can watch the most recent one so i guess in a sense the binge model does create scarcity in the sense that now you whoever's going to watch it the fastest and like get their <laughs> get their reviews out earlier get their conversation but I think it's too much scarcity. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't feel like you can actually keep up with it. So I always have a little bit of CD8 because yeah. I feel like I'm going to get spoilers. Yeah. If I don't watch it quickly enough. Right. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I, I agree with you that if done properly um, courses, if done in time and, and a lot of online courses, uh, learning platforms will do this where instead of being able to access the course anytime, they have set mm. times where you actually take the course like it's a regular course, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I do that often these days with my friends. Yeah. I do online learning or some uh, video games. Mm-hmm. We do that at the Telsus group too. Yeah. Or um, also Netflix watching hours. We, yeah. we create those like say, hey, we got going to meet at eight o'clock. Yeah. Uh, whatever central european time and then yeah all gonna watch together instead of alone separated <laughs> isolated at home like <laughs> kind of more fun and yeah. a lot of people are like they they even get up at like four o'clock in the morning to, right. to do those to do those things because it's more engaging long term and it yeah. feels 
you being connected all around the world. Yeah, exactly. I think that's going to be probably a huge theme going forward is how to bring people together more when we are all so isolated right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. More immersive experience. We even tried that earlier this year or last year with like a VR experience where you would would be able to actually get together and in virtual Paris, yeah. sit there and drink coffee and have a conversation. People are even yeah. doing like high school graduations inside of Roblox, the game Roblox. Yeah, I think they even do like virtual marriage and stuff like that. Like, <laughs> Is the marriage virtual or is virtual. the ceremony virtual? <laughs> <laughs> I hope the latter. <laughs> you get married to a virtual person. Um yeah, yeah, I, I like the idea. I think the VR just brings a whole nother level of complexity to it, or even mm-hmm. AR, right? Like if you had AR glasses, you could mm-hmm. see your friends, but in the world that you actually exist yeah. in. So, MR would be interesting. How would it look like if I would actually have you projected right next to me right now, but in right. my own environment? Right. That'd be and I would, and I'd be like, "Help me, Obi Wan! You're the only one who can." <laughs> I'm like, be careful! You're walking into a pot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's a door. Don't walk into it. <laughs> yeah, it's already hard enough to navigate like regular reality, like mm-hmm. having having digital people show up anytime. You'd have to have some serious, like, uh, serious ability to stop that from happening. You're like, no, I don't want you in my space anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah. this, we've, we've done some good brainstorming and this is just I the tip so of the too. iceberg. If, if we were doing this with a regular client project, we, we talked about maybe like five or six ideas um, or, or 10 at most. Um, we would do over a hundred for. Yeah. Uh, Usually more, way more than a hundred yeah. ideas. Yeah, exactly. We, we go from there. So this is just the tip of the iceberg. And this is just, um, we just rolled through like a lightning round through two uh, steps of the Octalysis process, but there's three more. If you're interested, you can check out uh, octalysisgroup.com. Uh, we also have case studies there. And uh, where can we find you on the internet, Sabrina? You can find me under at useradventure on Twitter, or you can also um, go to our own amazing Random Rewards Twitter page at yeah. Random Reward. Mm-hmm. Hashtag bad random reward. Did you say that? Hashtag random reward, <laughs> but also hashtag bad random reward. Yeah. It'd be both. You can t- hashtag both. If you have good examples, you can do hashtag random rewards. And if you have a bad example, you just add the bad, bad random rewards. <laughs> um, I'd love to see some more examples of yeah, good and gr- bad gamification that'd, or games. That'd be really great. Um, my handle is at Chris underscore Tommaso. Perfect. And you can also, uh, we have an Octalysis group uh, email, right? Random at, rewards. At yeah, random rewards at octalysisgroup.com. And you can also check out our awesome Facebook Octalysis Explorers group and talk to other people that are interested in gamification. 
Awesome. Well, this has Perfect. been a very rewarding conversation until our next rewarding time together. Bling, 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 bling. <laughs> Signing off. <laughs> See you next time, guys. Woo!